Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pena. It's another week, another amazing guest, and another opportunity for me to bring you value through someone else's story. This week's episode will be coming to you from Creative South. I was asked by Mike Jones to come out and record live at the conference, and I had a blast. Creative South is one of my favorite conferences to go to. It's a magical place. It's all about community, and it's all about building each other up. No matter what level you are, you will get value, and you will find people that are much more excited about pushing you up than pushing you down. So, without further ado, this week's episode. Well, um, we're live here in Creative South 2019, and I'm here with Lynn Takis, um, a very good friend, amazing designer, and an incredible businesswoman. Lynn, welcome. You're so kind. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having well, um, this is a long time coming, so let's make it happen. Lynn, how did your creative journey start? Oh, it's kind of a winding road. So when I was in college, I didn't go to an art school, like a lot of designers. I actually went to a state school at University of North Florida, and I sort of raised myself. Mm. And so I didn't really know how you're supposed to pick a major. Mm. So I decided, because in my head it made a whole lot of sense, you pick a major from a job that you can um, make a life in, mm. that you can make money at. Right. So I chose communications with a focus on PR, and then I chose graphic design as my minor because I enjoyed art. Mm. So you only minor in that you love, apparently, at least in my head. So anyway, I went through the whole program. I got into my junior year, and the academic advisor told me, you might want to consider computer graphics because mm. it's the way of the future. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he like raised his hand and did that whole thing, too. <laughs> but Because um, back then, you know, graphic design isn't what we think of as graphic design. It was another form of fine arts. Right. And so you took drawing and you took painting. And so I switched over and took um, computer graphics, which was Illustrator, Photoshop, and PageMaker back then. Gotcha. And um, after that, every job I got outside of college, I did communications, but I also did graphic design because everyone needed a graphic designer. They just didn't for time. So I did that for years, and every role I went to, I did graphic design in as well as comms. And then in 2010, I didn't have a job, and my husband was like, hey, why don't you hang out your shingle? And so I put it out there that I was doing graphic design and copywriting. Okay. And apparently a lot of people think they can write, but most people don't know where to start with design. Mm. And so that started in 2010, and after doing so much design since that time, I've sort of switched over and seen myself as a graphic designer more than a comms person. Okay, so yeah. that's cool. So you were kind of forced into going on your own. Well, I wouldn't say I was forced to. I... Um, I wouldn't have chosen it. Right. Actually, the only reason I got, I went and got my LLC and did all the paperwork for it was because I didn't want to disappoint my husband. Mm. You know, because it was his idea that I do it. Got it. And I didn't feel like an expert. Like, I feel like the only people, at least back then, it was my view of the world, the only people who start businesses are people who are experts in it. Mm. And if you would have put me in a conference room, 
in front of a ton of executives in a job I was working, I would have owned it. I would have walked them through it. I knew what I was doing. I, w I could have given them strategy all day long, designed it for them. But for some reason, hanging up a shingle and saying I could do it for anyone was too intimidating for me. So I went ahead and started the company in 2010. And, you know, jobs started coming in. Wow. I was uh, a subcontractor for an agency. And then eventually I got what I call, in quotes, a real job. And so I started doing that. And then in 2000, let's see, got the job in 11. I was also pregnant at the time, by the way. Wow. And so I had sort of, it, the economy was really bad. We had this thing called a recession back right. then that I was completely unaware of right. <laughs> at the time <laughs> when I didn't have a job. Like I, before leaving my job and deciding to, I, I decided I was going to take six months off because my father um, was a lot older. So I was a late in life child. That's right. I was, um, when I was born, my dad was 51. And so by the time um, my dad was, I think he was 79 then, um, it was time for me to put him into assisted living because he had started to develop dementia. Right. And at the time, I also had a nine-month-old baby. Mm -hmm. um, and so he needed to be able to clean out his house in Jacksonville. Wow. All of these personal things started happening. And so I decided, oh, I'm just, I don't love the job I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to quit. And I'll take six months off, and then I'll come right back to it. Because I hadn't had a problem getting hired before. Wow. Well, apparently, I wasn't reading the news. And I wasn't <laughs> paying attention to, like, you hear about the housing bubble. Right. But I wasn't looking for a house. Right. So what was the big deal, right? Exactly. Well, apparently, that means you can't find a job either. <laughs> right. So I um, got pregnant, and then I started applying for jobs after that six months. And I would get to final interviews, but as soon as I told people I was pregnant, all of a sudden the door would shut. Yikes. And so I made the decision in my mind that, okay, at this point I'm going to stop trying. And I hit six months, I decided I wasn't going to send out another resume. Six and a half months, I got a phone call from a resume I put out there a couple months prior mm -hmm. saying, come work for us. I said, hey, look, I'm pregnant. And they're like, well, does that affect your brain? I was like, actually, it doesn't. I'm like, then please, come on. Wow. And so I did that, and I still had a couple of clients on the side, right, but right, nothing right. real, nothing real big. Mm -hmm. And I, the work that I started was for a contractor in commercial construction. And commercial construction is like the really big, huge buildings, like on FSU's campus. Right, right, right. So um, by the time I got there, the economy had started to turn for them. So housing started to come back up, mm -hmm. but commercial construction was impacted last. And so work started to slow down, mm. and I felt really guilty about sitting there and getting paid and doing nothing. Mm. So I went and talked to my boss, and I said, hey, listen, I know there's other ways I can make money. Would you mind if I go part-time? And he said, that would be huge. Thank you. Wow. So I did that in, I want to say, June of that year, and that was 2012. And then all of a sudden, all this work just started happening out of the blue. I had not told anyone. And then I got an email that weekend for a retainer job with a local medical society. And then within a couple more months, I got a call for a job um, that I had applied for back during the recession, did not get. And they decided that the person that they hired didn't work out. So they said, hey, can we hire you? I said, no, we cannot. 
I'm only consulting. They said, okay, will you come work for us? And I said, yes, I'll do it in that capacity. So that has been my longest client um, since. Wow. And so it, it really started to work out. So within six months, I had more work than I had time for to do mm. part-time. So I went back to my boss and said, listen, Gotta go. I can go. I'd love to keep you as a client. They said yes, because it was a great deal for them. They only paid me when you needed me. And so um, I became full-time on my own January of 2013. I haven't looked back. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, let, let the world know what your magic bullet is. <laughs> magic bullet, if I had to pick, would be I, prior to that, um, in my past job. So I first moved to Tallahassee in 05. And prior to that, I had had other jobs. I was a legislative aide for a while. Mm-hmm. I worked as a comms director for a cathedral in Jacksonville for a while. Um, so I really consider when I got to Tallahassee, my first real start to my professional career. Right. And so um, I had worked for a health plan mm-hmm. and I was real involved in the community. So like I chaired the professional women's forum. I was on different boards. I was on Catholic Charities board. I was on different things because that's what you did as someone who was working for a community or, you know, it w- I wouldn't say community organization, but Capital Health Plan is a really strong member of the community. Got it. And so you go to chamber events, you go to business after hours and Got you go it. to these different things and you meet people mm-hmm. and they get an impression of you. Right. And then finally, when they do think they have a need and they find out you're available, they call you mm-hmm. because 100% of my jobs are all been referral. Wow. So the job that I got, um, from the failed job interview, <laughs> that was because I got to meet them prior to that. Uh, the next client I got off of that, um, that was, um, it's been a, they're not a retainer client, but I do regular work with them, is a local bank. Okay. And I had met the chief marketing officer at a girl's drinks get together. A friend of mine had used to host these little drink get togethers for all of her girlfriends. And it was actually called, <laughs> Gnads, it's terrible names. <laughs> Girlfriends need a drink. That's what she would call them. I know, terrible acronym. So original. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know, that sounds an awful lot like another word. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I had met her, and then when she needed another graphic designer, we sat down to talk, brought my portfolio. I said, you know, don't you need to see this? And she said, no, I know your work. Hmm. She used to work at the local hospital gotcha. while I was at the, the health plan. Gotcha. And she whenever saw we had billboards going up and bus wraps going around town, she saw it. And so, you know, I'm in a smaller town. Mm-hmm. And the more I talk to people, I think a lot of towns are small in mentality. Like, it's not, you don't have to physically be in a small town. Right. But there's two degrees of separation there. So if you don't know that person directly, you know someone who knows that person. Mm-hmm. And reputations matter. You know, so if you do a good job, people mm-hmm. talk. If you do a bad job, people, people talk. talk. right? And so that's really how that happens. So having the relationships ahead of time, mm-hmm. before I went into business, I believe it's been the key to that. Wow. And doing good work after. Because, you know, it, how you treat your clients matters. So, yeah. So give me some, I guess good do's when it comes to treating your client well well I'm a big believer in you need to dance with the one who brung you 
Have you mm, heard that saying? No, I have not. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a Southern thing. But, you know, you, you stay loyal to people. Gotcha. And so there's been times, when, especially like nonprofits, you do work for them, you know, you give them a discount because they are nonprofits, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sometimes their budgets can change. And, you know, having the empathy for that and still being able to help them out, that mm-hmm. matters. You know, being able to fit in those restaurants because you get how important that is because you've worked with that client. And right. so you know how that impacts their bottom line or um, the frustrations or, you know, making sure that they get that from their boss in time. You work hard to work around that. So, you know, a lot of times I think we're taught from the business of design, like, no, don't take rest jobs or right. no, don't be flexible in the budgets. But sometimes you need to be. And I believe that comes back, you know, five and tenfold because that nonprofit that you just helped out, you know, they, when they're talking with their board, mm-hmm. it does have a budget. Right. You know, here's about, you know, they need design. They seek that out because they saw your work. Right. And, you know, it, it just has a way of coming back to you. That's, that's some good advice. So what would you say was the hardest struggle you had to overcome? So that would be 100% imposter syndrome. Mm. You know, people talk about that, but, you know, you just, if you don't feel like you're the expert, right. you have this tendency to want to hide everything right. and not share your work because, right. you know, as creatives, we're putting ourselves out there to be judged because mm. our work is part of us. And so for a long time, I mean, and even sometimes now, you know, you can get real intimidated because, I mean, we're at Creative South and we're surrounded by incredible artists. Right. And I look at things, I look at these hand-lettered pieces and I look at these pieces that uh, folks have drawn. I was looking at some someone's work yesterday who's an illustrator and it could be on any cartoon right. that, you know, is mainstream right now. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you start to question, wow, do I count? Like, right. am I in that category? Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't, my work and their work feels like it's an ocean of heart. So then you're like, I, I really want to show my stuff in comparison. And so you just sort of have to work through that and, and get over it. Right. And probably the two fast things that have helped me get over it is in my town, you know, when I stop and look at graphic design, there's probably 5% of the designers are flipping amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you could put them in New York, you could put them in L.A., and they could hang with anyone. Right. They're that good. There's probably 15% that are really great. Right. And their work you see around town. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see it in any magazine. Right. Well outside of our community. And then there's another 80%. Look at that. I can't do math. <laughs> but there's about 80% that you really do question, like, wow, we're using that term design pretty loosely. Mm. Like, just because we can open the program doesn't mean we're designers, designers. Right? right? And I noticed that whenever I was looking at other people's work, I was looking at, like, incredible work that people who have years of experience behind them or in total like huge creative teams behind them mm-hmm. and I was holding up my stuff to right. theirs and of course it was going to fall short yeah it's not right? realistic and so it's important when you start looking at the top 5% to not you know look at that as something to aspire to right but don't hold it up as the bar mm-hmm. 
because you'll fall short and it just harms your um, self-confidence. Yeah. And so I started to look at who really were my peers and my colleagues and I was in that 15. Mm-hmm. And that was good enough. And right. once I could get over that, my work got better. Gotcha. Um, because I had more confidence with it. The other thing that really helped was the whole saying, welcome God, well, 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, do the work. Yeah. And do the work again and again and again. And I mean, this will, I hope, be true for the rest of my life. I look at work I did a year ago, and I'm so proud of. And I look at that, and I'm like, gosh, that's crap. <laughs> like, I don't want to show that. Like, wow. I thought that was amazing, you know? It's so, crazy. But that shows that you've made progress. Right. And that's why I hope it always happens. Right. Because I hope I only get better and better. Exactly. Better. Exactly. So, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. So who you kind of build, who's in your support system? Who are those people that keep going going my husband first because he's the one who talked me into starting (laughs) my business to begin with right and again i did it out of obligation right you know but thank goodness i did you Mm. know he had really good advice there um the other is i i've really like dedicated my twitter feed to just really designers nice. that I admire nice. so that I can see really good work. Nice. Um, I will tell you that I have muted, is that the term on Twitter? Yep. To mute. I muted those that I think can be really critical. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't buy into this whole concept of design Twitter where they're mean to each other. Like right. So I just surround myself by of work of people that um, are a lot further out but also, just, I mean, for yourself, so everyone that I meet here, I try to follow, because I'm just always inspired by that. And then, nice. of course, I have, you know, folks at home that I can share my work to and get honest opinions from, or just get a, you know, kind of a shot in the arm, too, to say, exactly. you know what? This is great. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, chin up, buttercup. You love my you know? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. So, let's jump into some fun questions. Oh, boy. Is this like the 90-second power round? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, what is that thing that you can't live without that's not your phone? Okay, so this isn't a product. We talked about her last night. It's my dog, Lucy. Oh. She goes to work with me every day. Unless I have a meeting that I can't take her with me to. Because I'm not going to leave my dog in a hot car. <laughs> right. But Lucy is... My little mascot. I love her to death, and I couldn't work without her. That's nice. The one that you like to dress up. Yes, yes. she is the one who wears clothes. And let's clarify that. She wears clothes because she's cold. And my thought is, if she's going to wear clothes, she might as well look good. All right, she makes gets sense. compliments all the time. All right, I'll buy it. She gets more compliments than I do. Like <laughs> can I say? She's pretty in pink. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, so book recommendations. What are some of the books that kind of stand out to you? Okay, so this is an oldie but a goodie. I really honestly don't even know if it's in print anymore. But when I was first starting out my career, there was a book called Play Like a Man, Win Like a Woman. Hmm. And it was written by this woman who, I feel like she was a vice president at CNN. But anyway, the whole book is written around trying to um, point out a lot of issues that women have Mm -hmm. that we don't even know we're doing. So like, for instance... If we go into a conference room and there's a big conference table and there's chairs around it, but there's also chairs around the room, a lot of times we have the tendency to choose the chairs around the room because we're being polite, we're being kind, we're putting others first. But what we're really signaling is we don't deserve a seat at the table. 
And it's also reminding people to speak up to how to deal with criticism, that you don't cry at work, you know, how to ask for a raise. So it's a very corporate type book, but it's a book worth having, and nice. I don't care what job you're in, but it's important that women notice how they're acting differently. Mm. Because what we consider kind, what is in our nature, is not always accepted that way. Mm -hmm. It's seen as a, a piece of weakness. Right. And it's easy to um, discount value at the table. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is something as designers we're fighting for all the time. Right. Is showing that we have the value that we have, the experience that we deserve that seat at the table. Gotcha. From the beginning, not at the end. Right. And I think that's something that all women should really look at. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what's the first hour of Lynn's day like? You know, I'm embarrassed of this. I feel like everyone else is going to have this really great, I get up, I do Tai Chi, I do yoga, I do, like, I eat, I drink a green shake. I don't do any of those things. <laughs> I'm not a morning person at oh. all. And so my husband usually wakes me up, and... This is probably going to alienate 99% of your audience. He brings me breakfast. Oh. I know. He knows that it, if I don't, if he doesn't hand it to me, mm -hmm. I probably won't make enough time to fit it in. Gotcha. <laughs> Got it. Got and then it. my kids usually come in and sign up with me for a little bit. As, you know, we're getting them ready for the morning. Nice. And then I usually turn on a podcast. So I cool. Can, Listen to that while I'm getting ready because I feel like otherwise it's sort of wasted time. Gotcha. And so anything that I can stop and listen to and kind of learn from while I'm putting on my makeup is a win-win. Okay. 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 That's nice. I like that. So what is next? What is next for me? <laughs> well, you're going to laugh about this, but I'm actually partnering with a nonprofit to create a dog treat company <laughs> called Lucy and Doodle. I know, it's hard to figure that one out, right? So what is that? Lucy, of course, is my chihuahua. Mm -hmm. work. Doodle is the type of dog that one of my other dogs is. Mm -hmm. He's the best dog in the world, the same as Yahtzee. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the name came from. You know, I have a third dog, Nigel, who's mm -hmm. awful. And so <laughs> Poor Nigel. he's not going to even make it into the credits. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> bless his heart, right? <laughs> Because we all know what that means. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but Lucy and Doodle is going to be a dog treat company so that um, we can raise money for a nonprofit town called Be the Solution. Gotcha. And what Be the Solution does is it provides spay and neuter vouchers mm. to people who can't afford them. Because, gotcha. you know, the reason why animals end up in the shelter or in the street is because they aren't wanted. And they're usually from a dog or a cat having a bunch of litters accidentally. And there's something we can do about that, right? We can get them spayed and neutered, and then we'll see progress. And so they've been around for about 10 years. And in that time, we've seen the number of animals who have come into the shelter decrease by half. We've seen the um, number of animals euthanized decrease by at least that much. Mm. And so I just want to help them help fund that for folks in the community who need it. And so we're creating this company um, that's going to create treats, dog treats, and sell them with the proceeds going there. And so we've already gotten on our way. I'm now a feed master. I have my feed master's nice. license with the state of Florida. Yeah. And so we've got dog treats right now that are at a lab. They 
you know, their guaranteed analysis. And then the next stop is getting our label in front of the state to have them approve it. And then we're rocking and rolling and can go to shelves. Oh, so nice. That's exciting. cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So as we get ready to wind down, like, what advice would you have for creatives out there? There's so much good advice. Um, one of the really good ones I heard was Dominique Follow when she was here a couple of years ago. And she talked about how her career was on a straight path. It was a winding road. And that really spoke to me because that's how mine has been. But also, as a reminder to people, like it doesn't have to be straight up like a rocket ship. You know, life experiences happen to teach us things right. as we're getting there. Um, the other is just to remember that fear and shame are the enemy. And so, you know, whenever we're afraid to put our work out there, right. afraid of what the reaction's going to be, mm-hmm. we need to remember that that's just fear and shame. And all that means is that every time we feel that, we, like, make a brick, basically. And we start building this prison around ourselves. And I like that's that. what's limiting ourselves is ourselves. Which, I gotta say, is kind of a brilliant move. Because to be your own captor is a really efficient yeah. use of, of <laughs> your time. But, you know, the more that we can recognize that when we start feeling those things, mm-hmm. that they really are fear and shame. Gotcha. It makes it a lot easier to take the bricks down and get over it. And remember, like, you know, all of us are struggling. All of us are a little bit afraid to put ourselves out there and be judged. But by being vulnerable, we give others permission to do the same. And so, um, yeah, I'm a fan, and I hope that, I hope I that others it. can learn from that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Lynn, how can people find you? Where can they go to find out about you, learn about this lady? Well, my, I'm on Twitter. I think it's at Lentakis. Not real sure. It will be in the show notes. <laughs> it is one of the um, I do have a website. I am kind of embarrassed by it. I've learned so much this weekend that I'm doing wrong. And then that's um, LAT Creative and I'm also on Facebook. So I am Lynn Takis there, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Maybe uh, I'm Lynn Adams Takis. You know, you got to be able to let your high school friends find you. All right, so refer to the show notes. It That's will right. all be <laughs> in the show. Apparently, I'm very unsure of myself right now. <laughs> well, Lynn, thank you so much for coming on live at Creative South. I really appreciate you. You are amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel really um, humbled to be here. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing to the next level to help you and help me build our empire for lack of a better word or just to build our thing um remember to stop by itunes passion behind the art and leave a review and subscribe it's very important to me it helps the podcast grow and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast what it's done for you so jump on itunes and subscribe and leave a review passion behind the art be blessed <laughs>